Cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. An incident at a home on the west side of Airdrie has led to an apparent murder investigation. The call came in around 5 p.m. yesterday, leaving officers rushing to the Canals neighborhood. A male was discovered seriously injured outside of the home and was soon pronounced dead. The responding officers ended up arresting a suspect at the scene with that person's age and identity being withheld for now. With no word on charges or a motive at this point, Airdrie RCMP would like to hear from any possible witnesses as they continue to investigate. More news in a moment, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. We have an ongoing collision on Highway 1 just west of the city after Highway 68. All eastbound lanes have been closed, so RCMP will be detouring you onto Morley Road to continue heading east on Highway 1A. As for construction in the southwest on southbound Crowchild Trail as you approach Glenmore, there's a right lane closure, which becomes a left lane closure in the Turning Bay. And taking a look around the city, I'm happy to report your major routes such as Deerfoot, Crowchild and Glenmore are all smooth sailing. Pearl Vision knows your time is valuable, so they direct bill most insurance plans. Arrange your eye exam at pearlvision.ca or visit any of their neighborhood locations. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Louise Van Dam. We are learning more about the major collision near Grand Prairie that shut down Highway 40 for several hours yesterday. RCMP investigators say a pickup truck was traveling northbound and a semi-truck was traveling southbound when the collision occurred. The lone occupant of the pickup truck, a 42-year-old woman from Lethbridge, was pronounced dead at the scene. The driver of the semi-truck, a 32-year-old male from Grand Prairie, was transported by Stars Air Ambulance to the QE2 hospital with life-threatening injuries. Officials say emergency personnel are no longer on scene. However, detours remain on Highway 40 as cleanup crews work to clear the site. In just over six weeks, Canadians will decide who will be Prime Minister of Canada. Right now, the race is too close to call, and the key battlegrounds will come down to Lower Mainland BC and Greater Toronto. To get a majority, a party needs to win 170 seats. Daryl Bricker, CEO of IPSOS Market Research Firm, says this election may come down to credibility. In this uh, day and age, it really comes down to the leaders of the parties for the most part, and whether or not they're perceived as being credible, and then whether or not they perceive a connection, whether or not they feel that this person is actually going to be able to uh, deliver a government that's going to make a difference in the day-to-day -day lives of Canadians. You can hear the full interview today on the West Block. Good news for people who love to ride scooters and skateboards. A new skate park is officially opened just outside the Genesis Centre in the Northeast. Carolyn Curry de Castillo reports. It's the first city-funded skate park in the Northeast. People using the skate park this weekend say they like the design and the convenient location. Earlier this summer, the city announced that as part of budget cuts, the mobile skate parks would shut down as of September. A local skateboarding group says they're now in talks with the city and the community associations about using some of that equipment that's now sitting idle. The councillor for Ward 5 says the Northeast has been severely underfunded when it comes to recreation. George Shahal calls the opening of the new park extremely important. He says despite the cuts being made at City Hall, the city has to continue investing in youth and recreation to ensure kids stay on the right track. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. Taking a look at sports, Bianca Andreescu has made history, becoming the first Canadian to win the U.S. Open singles. She takes the grand slam after winning both sets against Serena Williams. 
Global News Calgary weather, mainly cloudy today with wind blowing north at 20 kilometers per hour and a high of 19 degrees. Tonight, cloudy for a low of 10 degrees and tomorrow is the first day of a stretch of some rain in Calgary. Expect about 5 millimeters with lots of clouds and a high of 12. It's 13 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. I can see you in the morning when you go to school. Good morning and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And yes, it is the, all the kids are back to school. Yeah, definitely notice a difference in the morning if you're heading out during that time. If you're heading out between that uh, 7.30 and 9 o'clock, the, the traffic definitely seems a little busier this past week. So everyone got back into the new routines and all the kids getting back. And uh, a little shout out to all the students that we had that... Uh, Helped us out this summer. Thank you so much. It was a it was a great season and uh, had lots of good kids and uh, young adults working with us. And they're all a bunch of them are back in school. So good luck in that. And we'll probably see some of you next year again. So uh, we do appreciate your help through the summer. Um, we can't do it without you. So thank you so much. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are open. You can call me at 403-974-8255. Or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, September the 8th, you can sure see the difference already. It seems um, once September hits, you definitely see some of those big canopies of certain trees. If you're going through the Sundance area, I went drove through there. They don't live there anymore, but went through the main street. And all the big poplars and that are already changing colors pretty heavily in there. Starting to lose their leaves already and uh, changing color. So hopefully we get a nice long fall here where we can enjoy the color changing and uh, which will be a nice, nice fall. We need some good weather here heading into heading into the winter time, so uh, we can get to still have another six, eight weeks until November and then we can uh, and hopefully enjoy that and then get a little bit of snow for the winter time and uh, put our trees to bed nicely and uh, and go from there. But Actually, Wendy's up early here on the phone already, so we're going to take her nice and early and uh, and see what's going on. Good morning, Wendy. <laughs> Good morning. I've been up for hours. Awesome. <laughs> hey, so, um, yes, nice to see you. I haven't talked to you guys for a long time, so nice okay. to talk to you. No, I um, so it. I'm in Strathcona, so I have a lot of those mature trees up here, too, but that, those aren't the ones because they need to be hacked out and replaced. Um, but <laughs> well, well, if, if, you, if you need them, not necessarily hacked out, but if you need them taken out properly, you can give us a shout. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And I and I have you guys came and did some pruning. Uh, Vista pruning, actually, was what we called it, so I could see downtown. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice. yeah, they were great. Awesome, um, anyway, so I need some clarification okay. on um, fertilizing my conifers, and they actually did offer me something when they were here. Yeah, the deep root injections. Yeah, so, but uh, because I take care of my yard, and I do that anyway, so here yeah. I sit with a bunch of different stuff, and I've got some of the Ross root feeder stuff, a 25-10-10. I've got a, a Evergreen Fertilizer 12-6-12. I've got your Rage Plus, which yeah. I have poured on them over the summer. Like, what do I do? And is now okay to fertilize them, or should I have let them do it when they were here? Um, right now, no. Actually, right now is a great time. That 25, the first number is good. Um, more importantly right now, though, you want to make sure you give them a good deep watering first. Yep. Uh, yeah. Make sure that they get watered in really well. I'm going to get a lot of calls regarding... Um, we're starting to see the insides of some of our evergreens starting to go yellow, on especially the pine. Some of the spruce are starting to change. 
if it's just in the middle, it's it's totally normal. They go through a natural shedding process. Okay. So I am getting lots of calls already on that. We're getting inquiries at the store about that. So mm-hmm. hopefully if people are going to call in about that, they can look out. If it's just in the center, that's just a natural shedding process. When it spreads to the outside is more when we get concerned. Are your trees, Wendy, for the most part in, in good shape? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I told your guy. I can't remember yeah. what his name was. But, yeah, Mark. you know what? I look after them, yeah. and, and they're well watered. They are up on a, um, a, retain, a retaining wall. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I have been, you know, when I'm out there, I do the, the uh, Rage Plus, and I just don't know if that's enough. To, and it is. Um, the, for the most part, a lot of those, like I said, they especially being in a retaining wall, a soaker hose is you're going to be your best friend. Like, leave it on there sort of once a week for a few hours. Just get the water down nice and deep. And and then that way, when we go into the freeze time, there's enough moisture in there where it just it stays frozen, because that's typically what hurts or most of our bigger trees is the winter desiccation. Because a lot of people, we get into September, we get busy, back to school, back to thing, and then we kind of turn off our gardening, and and then no one waters in September, October, and then mm-hmm. we don't get our moisture. Like last couple of years, it's been really dry, like November, December, we've had no snow at all. And no moisture in the ground, and and then so the trees go to bed really quite dry, and then we get those chinooks. There's just nothing in there, and then the air is really dry, and so it just desiccates the trees, like the, even the deciduous. And then there's nothing there when they go to leaf out in the springtime. There's no nourishment, no moisture down in the ground for them to flourish and fill all those new foliage. So. So, because you'd think, and I'm sure a lot of people will be um, a little confused because we got so much rain. So you'd think yeah, a lot of it's just, should be fine. Yeah, but it's a lot of it's surface rain, and you, and you got to remember on your evergreens, especially when you have them in beds, they work like a big umbrella, right? So a lot yeah. of the moisture never gets around the roots, anyways. Yes. Yeah. And and a lot of our rain has been it comes in at flash rain, and then it's we we've had two or three days of that really nice soaking in rain. Mm-hmm. But if you dig down, like the ground is is dry, like it's yeah. just and and especially with our heavy clay soil that we have in Calgary, a lot of the rain, it hits, it runs off, goes into the sewer system or wherever, <laughs> or into, into people's basements where they don't want it, right? So I said, Wildwood has got a lot of my really good fertilizer in my soil. Yeah, it's all it's gone fair. downhill, right? Yep, it has. Um, okay, so just to recap, can I use this, because I've got these raw yep. feeders, can I use this 25-10-10? Yeah, you can, yep. but I'd water really well first. Like, just get yep. the moisture yep. in the ground, and then we're, we're, we're on the downslide where all, most of the trees are all down loading now so yeah. it, it, it's fine to do your fall fertilizing at this time okay. and you should be good to go and so as far as grass now i've got your green it up stuff yep. and i'm close to sunnyside right so it's quite a trek to come and see you but i do and everybody loves my stuff so much that i wind up giving it away or selling it yep. to people <laughs> so we need to come up with some kind of delivery system here but i've only got a very little I'm, bit I, I am working on that i can't uh, release any of the details quite yet but i am working on um, some other things, hopefully, to help uh, spread the spruce it up around the city. So yes, please, please do that. Um, um, so but yeah, it it is it is a great fertilizer, and you can use it right now. Is the time to do your fall fertilizer, the third application, which is uh, a third of the summer application. So you got your spring, which is the full. You take it down by a third in the summer, and then knock it down one more third going into the fall. So very light. Yep. Um, is there now? Is it okay to use other stuff that isn't your formulation? If um, a lot of it, it, it can, but it really it's just all nitrogen, though, right? So really, it, it's just not going to do anything. Like it's not doing anything for the roots. Like it's at thirty-two zero four or whatever it is. So. 
So what am I looking for? They're just they're, I, I know a lot of this stuff, but I'm just refreshing and teaching other people, right? Um, a so lot of it MPK, is... Okay, what number are we looking for? You're for looking that? for the high middle number. Like my, The fertilizer that we created is 16326, so it has yep. a high middle number, which is for the roots, which makes a big difference in Calgary with our heavy clay. Yep. It gets your roots down nice and deep. And you water probably half as much as you used to, so you're going to save a lot of water, save money on your water bill. Yep. And, and your grass just fills in nice and thick, so you start at the ground up. And that's the biggest difference. It, it just You're creating a really good root system, nice, healthy. It becomes way more durable. And, yep. uh, yeah. No, I like that. I like that. Even my mailman, who sees everybody's places, said, what are you doing? I, <laughs> no, I, I get that so I a lot. I bought some for him. <laughs> I did, I did uh, our global garden, because I do that segment with Leslie Horton on... On Wednesdays, and I fertilized just all, an area all the way around our global garden, and already you could just—it's filled in. It's thick. The grass is way thicker in our little section. I just wanted to see the difference because I—I haven't done a comparison for a while, so I just wanted to do it again just to refresh. Okay, Merle, is it does it actually do what I keep saying it does? Yeah, and it does. Like it—it it fills it in. It just thickens the grass right up because you're—you're you're feeding the roots, not just. The other stuff is all nitrogen, so it greens it. It gets it green right away, which is great. But then, as soon as it heats up, there's no root system to sustain that foliage up top, and then it dries out. So you water, water, water more. So it's it's uh-huh. kind of so. Hey, would you ever um, aerate in the fall if you've got like a really crappy base? Yeah, a lot of people do. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Again, then- get it nice and moist first, so you're getting nice deep plugs. And then could you seed it, like overseed it, and do you what can, we would do? I prefer overseeding in the early spring. My theory is that it's just sitting there over the winter, uh-huh. and then you're, it's bird feed or blue yeah. away or, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. No, thank you. Thank you for the tutorial, my dear. Nice you're to You're welcome. You. Thank okay. you so Take much, care. Wendy. Thanks. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye. Awesome. And uh sounds like she has everything on track out there. So... Where am I at? I got some uh, sports things coming in. Some 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 great tennis yesterday. So congrats to uh, to our champion there. That's awesome to see uh, uh, a Canadian do so well on the center stage like that. And we're gonna go to one more spruce question here. We're gonna go to Kim. Hi there. Good morning. Hi. Hi how are you? I'm good. How can we help you? Well, how I'm can I help you? I'm concerned about my spruce tree. For okay. the last two weeks, I've been working out more in the garden, and I've noticed that I'm getting red tips on my spruce tree. You're getting, sorry, what? Red tips. Okay. It's just right on the very tip? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I'm pulling it up. It's a little bit tougher for me to... Yeah, this is... Yeah, it's hard for me to see... Um, if you could, if, if possible, if you could get me a little bit closer. Okay. This one, I'm a little bit concerned because you're getting patches all over. I yes. would, um, if you can look on the underside, if you see little dots, I w- and I'd also maybe um, give Mark a call at her prune it up because he can get in there because you you're getting spots, various spots sort of all over. Mm-hmm. So this one is a little bit more concerning than most, like that I see when you're seeing on the tips like this. Um, so on ones like this, it's just, it's, it is a lot harder to diagnose like this and you're even getting them up high. Yeah. You kind of got them all over the tree. tree. Yeah. No, I'm sort of seeing that. One thing I'm assuming in this area, you got three spruce trees in a tight area and it looks like it's sloped away from them. Yeah. Um, it's going to be fairly dry. So I would put the soaker hose up there, um, and just let it soak in one of those sweating hoses that... We've and been doing that for awesome. the last few weeks. Awesome. Yeah. So, but I would definitely just have those checked out. 
and I'm not saying it's needle cast or anything, but it, it, you could have something going on in those little spots. So okay. um, if you just give the store a call or you can do it online, just at www.spruceitupgardencenter.com and there's an online request form for service okay. and then Mark will come out and we do a free estimate for you and uh, let them just have a quick look at those because I am concerned when I see it sporadically going, changing at the tips, so... Yes, that's what we were concerned about. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. No, and yeah, rightly so. I would be concerned. Um, overall, they look fairly healthy. Like they don't look really dirty. Like clean. They look fairly clean through the center and stuff like that. They just look like I'm. Uh, yeah, just a little concerned about those tips. So. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. Bye bye. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest full-service garden center. Check out all the seasonal clearance specials, lots of sales all the way up to 50% off. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And it's 921 already, and a couple questions regarding um, fertilizer and stuff like that. Um, some of the stuff, if your tree is still fully green and still going, you want to hold off. You want When you start seeing it shut down, starting to go dormant, um, starting to change color, then you can look at doing some of your fall fertilizer. Um, some of your fruit trees, once they lose most of their leaves or start losing a bit more of the leaves, you can do the 15, 30, 15, um, just giving it a good uh, boost so there's energy in there. And again, if you're not doing any fertilizing or anything, one of the best things to do is once it starts going dormant too, is just start in a, in a weekly fall watering, getting the water down in there. And I'm just curious if uh, what pictures do you guys have out there of any uh, of gorgeous fall color, if you got anything happening yet in the yard. Um, if you do have columnar aspens, I am starting to notice a little bit of that bronze leaf disease out there. And what it is, it looks like more of a chocolate brown with green veins in it. If you're seeing some of that, um, I would definitely call an arborist in to get that looked after on your aspens. It's fairly contagious, so we want to get that uh, looked after as best we can. So if you uh, if you have any of those issues, because I do have a question here. Sweetest columnar aspens leaves were yellowing a couple of weeks ago. Now some branches are dying. Other... Um, it's not really a watering issue. I know some of them, um, there is some cankers on some of the aspens and a few things. Some of those branches that are just, if they're just dying off singly, I would prune those off if you can reach them. And again, if you can't, I would look at getting a um, pruning service in, call the certified arborists. Um, there's lots of good ones out there. Our guys that prune it up are, are more than happy to come out and look after that stuff as well. And I'm getting a few questions. Uh, I'm hoping you will start to offer a fertilizing service. That would be great for our for our green it up. Yeah, it's 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 been great. And I'm just trying to figure out what this flower is. It um, it's kind of uh, I'll, I'll I'll get to it. I'm not 100 percent sure. It's on the tip of my tongue. It's a perennial. I think it's a type of phylox, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm just gonna. Take a little bit of research on that one, and I will get back to you on uh, 
And this is for Gene, but I'll take a quick look and figure out what that is for you. And where I'm at right now, I'm going to go to Colleen. And this has been all over the news like crazy lately. Um, good morning, Colleen. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Oh, we're well, we're excited to talk to the rock star of the garden world. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you so now, much. I live in uh, Crossfield, and uh, we are just swimming in aphids, just yeah. swimming in them. And um, uh, so, I mean, I, they don't seem to really be harming anything, but uh, my question is, um, I have, um, I've already harvested my peas and my beans. Yep. And I had some really good vines with those and foliage. And I was going to save that, or I have been saving it, just laying it in my garden. And I was going to put it as a mulch over my garlic when I plant my garlic this fall. But I'm thinking, if it's just I, if, yeah, infested if it's, with yeah, aphids, what I, should I do? I would throw that into your, uh, like, just into a compost pile. Like, if do you do composting at all? or Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, would, I would just put that into the compost rather than right into your garden. Okay. Because if it goes in there, it'll go through that cooking process when it decomposes, and then oh. and then that will get rid of the the eggs and stuff like that. So okay, great. And then so what should what should I like? We're not we haven't really uh, mulched. <laughs> we're new to the mulching game and the gardening game. But what should I mulch my garden? I did or my garlic. I didn't last year, and it seemed to go okay. But yeah, garlic is pretty hardy. It, it, it doesn't necessarily need it. But but it definitely doesn't hurt, um, especially depending on the type of winters we get. And I'm telling people to wait a little bit to do your bulbs. Like, wait, let, let's let the ground cool off a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And not that we've had a super hot summer, but this fall, the forecast looks pretty good. I, I like to wait a little bit before I put my tulips and garlics and all our fall bulbs for our spring flowers and the spring garlic. I like to wait a little bit. Um, just let the ground cool off. So that way we're not sticking in there and it's not forcing any growth, early growth or anything like that. So you want to ensure that they're they're going to stay dormant and do their thing, get the winter cool that they need to do what we want them to do next spring. Great. Okay, will do. And uh, we're also recent converts to uh, your lawn fertilizer and we had uh, great results this year. Awesome. All the way up in Crossfield. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Merle. Bye-bye. All right. Bye, Colleen. Um, and I say going by quick, where are we at here at the end of the season? Should I turn, dig up my lettuce and turn it upside down and dig it garden or harvest and put it all into the compost bin? Um, it, full heads. I would, I would pull those and throw them into the compost bin or shred them up before you dig them in. Um, like dig them up and just, just bust them up really good. If you're trying to compost a full head, it won't do the thing, but I know my mom and when we were growing up, we always just threw all the extra lettuce and leaves in the garden all season long and next and the next summer it was always disappeared and it was it worked its way in after you did the over the winter and then once you rototilled it in the spring, it was all gone. But just if it's a full head or those big, big clumps of, of lettuce, like I said, I, I Ron, I would I would dig them up. Or if you want to throw them right into the into the compost bin, you'll be totally fine that way. And it is time to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. 
Eastbound Highway 1 in Cochrane is open again following a closure due to a serious collision this morning. RCMP say a semi-truck rolled over on the highway earlier, forcing the closure of the eastbound lanes on the Trans-Canada. Airdrie RCMP say one person is dead with another in custody after an incident on the city's west side. Mounties say it took place in the Canals neighborhood around 5 p.m. Officers and EMS raced to the scene to find a male outside of a home badly injured who later died at the scene. Hundreds of thousands of people are without power in the Maritimes as post-Dorian cleanup gets underway. The post-tropical storm has uprooted trees, ripped into roofs and pulled down power lines. Dorian is now on its way to Newfoundland, weakening as it travels over the Gulf of St. Lawrence, but still packing hurricane-force winds. Global News Calgary weather, cloudy and 19 degrees today. Tonight, cloudy for a low of 10, and tomorrow, rain and a high of 12 degrees. It's 13 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. It's off to the principal's office in Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Start Gardening. Great back-to-school tunes by Brian. And uh, thanks for his theme music every week. Adds a little little extra touch to our show, so I appreciate that. And right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and we're going to chat with Debbie. Good morning, Debbie. Good morning, Merle. How can, we, how can we help you? My pleasure. at Southern Lake where we've had a lot of rain this year. Okay. And my first question is about slugs i had a terrible infestation of slugs yeah and i picked as many as i could and killed them and whatever next spring if i add diatomaceous earth to my garden will it really help that situation it definitely will because it's really sharp and what it does it makes it really uncomfortable in the soil um, the slug bait, I've seen a couple posts on some of the Facebook gardening things as well. Um, some people are having really good luck with the slug bait, um, oh, putting that out okay. into the garden. Um, okay. It comes with a little trap and everything. So I, a lot of people are having good luck with that, um, using it, because okay. I know there's been a lot of slugs in Calgary as well. Yeah. I, I tried the uh, crushed up eggshells. Yeah. I use that a lot around my plants, and it didn't seem to do anything. Yeah, it's 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 not quite, and it breaks up fairly easy. Um, so, but the diatomaceous earth stays in there and stays sharp. Okay, and it makes it uncomfortable. So, for some of those soft critters in the ground, so they, hey, I don't like this. I'm going to go the other direction, sort of thing. So, okay, great, thank you. I have one other question, sure, by all if means. I can. I have two garden boxes again up there, and. Um, the lower one, one's about, I don't know, 18 or 20 inches high, and the other one's um, higher. The lower one I noticed this year I had really poor growth in. And when I was digging in it, um, they're both reasonably close to a row of spruce trees. Yeah. And I think what's happened is, well, the lower one is full of roots. When I dig in it, it's full of it's, really fine roots. Whenever you're near a spruce tree, it's really hard um to, to compete um, yeah. they're they're kind of the invasive they take all the nourishment they're sort of pigs right they take mm-hmm. over everything <laughs> so um, and, and it's not necessarily they, they're building up the some people think it makes this soil really acidic it's more that they're just taking all the nourishments they take all the um, nourishment they take all the moisture so they're, they're just taking everything so it's really hard for it to grow so I would try if you can move your boxes away yeah, from them. I really I really can't that's okay. the way the yards designed I I have nowhere um, else to put them yeah uh, the only thing you can do is add more soil then onto the top 
Like okay. make them deeper. Like if you could add a couple levels to the box, uh-huh. um, that would help. And okay. then you could add more soil on top and just use a, like a good soilless mix, like our spruce it up mix, or there's a couple organic veggie ones. If you want to use something right. like that, that would be perfect. Right. So I can't dig it down and no, get rid of some of those no, roots. That's no, not going to do me any good. No, because you're just you're competing against a, a mother nature. Okay. And uh, if you're trying to go head to head with her, I'm probably going to bet on mother nature. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought if, maybe there was something I could do yeah, in there no. other than building it up. I like the way it's designed. But yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would just like, look at building it up. Or turn it into more of just add some shrubs or something to it, like junipers or something like that, that are just more of a year-round thing. Okay. Okay. All righty. Great. Appreciate the advice. You're very welcome. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we at? We're going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Oh, thank you. No worries. How can I help you? I was uh, curious about this uh, city composting policy with these green bins. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether it's doing well or doing poorly, and uh, I don't recall anyone phoning in that's using. Um, well, I, yeah, I'm not sure. You can go in, and I know they have uh, free compost days and things like that when you can go pick them up. Um, I know you can check on the website. I, I'm not sure if you can get it all the time, but I know they have certain times, and I know they use it in the parks and things like that. Um, so I, 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 you don't hear a lot about the results or if it's costing more money or if it's what, what it's actually doing. I, you do hear a bit more about um, the recycling program, how it's not really working that great. Like we're having to, they're not able to get rid of a bunch of those um, clamshell containers and things like that that they thought they were going to be able to recycle and they couldn't. So, um, but I haven't. I've, I've usually heard mostly good things about the compost that they have the program. I know the zoo takes quite a bit of it, and uh, and in the parks department they use it in a lot of the flower beds and in the parks where they do more gardening, like the Riley Park or Stanley Park, things like that. Well, as long as it's being used. Yeah, actually, it's a good question. It's hard for me to get them to come on the show. I've tried a few times to get someone from the city. A lot of times it's weekends. No, the city is hiding. Yeah, well, and they not, they're not, uh, those people aren't available on Sundays. So I, I'm going to keep trying and hopefully I can get to the right person and find out a bit more about some of the programs, especially the tree program. I like to take them to task on that a little bit. And uh, and then the compost thing, if it, it how available it is, because... It's, uh, yeah, you, you like to see it being used in the proper thing, so hopefully it is. Yeah, okay. No, good question. Thanks, Dale. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we're going to go down to High River and chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Mary, Mary, there she is. There she's listening on the radio. Hey, Mary. Hi. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. Fall is coming. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Yeah, I don't have have those kind of things I can send you pictures, but boy, the old Manitoba maples are really starting to turn yellow in downtown. They're beautiful. Yeah, you mean downtown yeah. High River? Yeah, they're oh, nice. gorgeous all along. How, how how is it all looking downtown High River? I haven't well, been down there for a while. Is it well High River downtown is kind of dead, other than Heartland Show. Uh, but, you know, uh, our tree program, 
by our recreation complex. It's beautiful. Of course, it's along the creek. Yeah. You know, and it's our town is beautiful. Absolutely, no. It's a great. It's a great town. Yeah. I was just curious if if it's getting revitalized. Well, there's about fourteen thousand here now. Yeah. So I'm just you wondering, know? we get a lot of customers in from High River at Spruce Well, I know. I send them all there because nice. they say we listen to you on Sunday, Mary. Where if you're not there, we we'll worry about you. Nice. And I'm just. Um, <laughs> I was just curious how the town, if it's getting revitalized a bit. Well, it's tough, Merle. This economy is tough. Yeah. But but uh, the downtown is very, very old. Yeah. You know, 1888 or 1885. Yeah. Uh, I do a lot with the museum and that that kind of thing, you know, promotions. Yeah. Yeah. And Road Tree is wonderful for our beautiful park. It, yeah. it really is nice. Yeah, lots of great stuff yeah. there. And anyway, neophyte gardeners. Yep. Potatoes. Yep. I still haven't got mine all dug yet because they're not cured yet. No, we not, haven't had a lot I'll of the heat. Wait. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of the heat to get them totally going. Well, eh? I had to go and cut them again. You know, I trimmed them here about a month ago, but they were still growing on top. Oh, Are you, your... you got to dig out to 25 feet from every plant because otherwise you spike them. Do you got, uh, do you got uh, the one, one pot potatoes yeah. again? Yeah. Good so Lord, my keep... son was out and took a bunch of... Do you just reuse your own seed potatoes or... Uh, well, I, you know, I, I originally bought them from you, yeah. the, the russets. Yeah. I, I love, and, and I have some uh, red ones yeah. early, but so is Russet. They're wonderful. Yeah, but they got to be a little bit of a special strain that you got, so you well, saved Well, I don't know what it is, but there was one I, I dug way out. Merle, it weighed four pounds. No, I know. I've seen some of them, honestly. You they're, put them into a pot. And they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're no, they don't have hollow heart. But my ground is really good, you know, and I never leave little potatoes in the garden because they, they cause rot. Yes. A- and I I always... Um, Dig them up. You, you, well, I always uh, um, rotate, too. I never plant them in the same spot. Yeah, you have to go for, I remember my yeah. mom and dad would always switch them from side to side yeah, each year. You know, you talk about your mom... Just throwing stuff in the garden. Yeah, uh, that's what I do with lettuce and, and cabbage leaves, and also carrot tops. Yep. Yeah, but I wanted to ask you a question. Yep. Okay, along our riverbank, I see a vine, and it's really pretty, but I'm afraid it's invasive. I don't know. They look like Chinese lanterns when they get older, you yep. know, and they get. They become orange. Yep. Now, are they an invasive vine? I believe they are. But I wonder what they are called. I've always wondered. Yeah, I don't For know. For sixty these... years, I've wondered what. If they anybody were. knows what they are, send me a text. Let me know. Well, I even asked the agriculture guy. He said, "I don't know. I'm better asking somebody yeah, else." I'll see plant what I, I, yeah, I'll see what I can uh, see what I can find out um, yeah. it, from it our grows listeners. Up uh, you know, along our rivers, and it'll climb up. You know, some trees, not not the fir trees. I, I'm pretty sure it is the um, 
It's it's really it, it is it's an invasive species from what I remember. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, aphids, people have aphids. Put that nozzle on your hose. Yep, give them a spray. And just really get at them. They'll go away. They're born pregnant. Yep, no, they keep coming and going. And... Well, they'll go away. Yep, absolutely. The winter's coming. Absolutely. All right, Mary, I got to <laughs> anyway, go for a break. Anyway, talk to you later. Thanks, you. Okay, Bye-bye. bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening, and uh, we can call it the School of Gardening today, as it's back to school edition. Let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Diana. Good morning, Diana. Good morning, Merle. Hey, how are you? Good, really good. Awesome, um, you sound great. Yes, I'm feeling much better. I'm getting back into gear here. Isn't that nice? Isn't that lovely? Absolutely. Um, the, the, the thing Mary was talking about is Clematis tangutica. Okay. And it's not a noxious weed, but it is. it can travel. Okay, and I also, I looked up one, and there was one that's along the riverbank, they're saying in Edmonton, it is the ground cherry or Japanese lantern. Um, oh, that's Phisalius. yeah. Different thing, also invasive. Yeah, and they're, it's... They're all very pretty. Yeah, so, but the, that one inside the lantern, you'll get, like, there's a little red berry, right? A little, like, it looks like a red cherry tomato almost, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, ground cherry. Okay. Yes. That's it. That's it. And, you know, Tangutica can be very beautiful down here. It, here, we're just glad it grows. But I know up in Calgary it can be. You know, you find it around the stampede grounds growing up fences and things. Yeah, so what are you, would you be zone three down there? Or? Well, we're probably zone two to three. But, you know, it, it's just we're a bit different because it is so dry and because we have such heavy clay soil. Yeah, so yeah. We're, bit different and we have to put up of course with the wind so are you right now how's your are you harvesting seeds i have stopped oh, that there's a clue to everybody with sweet peas if you want to take seed off your sweet peas um stop deadheading the beginning of september and water like crazy and okay. they start to look a bit rough but yep. if you want seed that's how you're gonna do it and then you just you get the pods on there like a pea pod just like a pea pod, wait till it's full. Don't pick it in too much of a hurry. Dry it really well. Do you dry it in the pod or do you take it out of the pod? No, I dry it in the pod. Okay, so you just leave them out um, in the sunshade, the summer dry? I sort of put them in a really sort of, you know, sunny window and let them bake dry. So like how long, a couple of weeks or? Um, well, it sort of depends on the weather because last year, yeah. we, I can't quite remember when we got a dump of snow and... The pods looked fine, but if you opened them, the seeds had sweated. They got all white and slimy. Oh, okay. And, of course, they're useless. Yeah. So we're hoping we don't get snow until the pods fill. I've been deadheading so religiously that they're all a bit surprised now. They're going, oh, you mean we can? Yeah, so you're putting um, the energy back into the, so you're removing the other stuff so the energy goes into the pods. That's it. Okay. That's it. I'm just letting them go now and just, but I am uh, watering like crazy because they won't be able to fill a seed. It's kind of like a 
yeah. tree that's in the veggie garden, right? Well, and then we talk about that too a fair bit, like with your trees and shrubs and how they do need that moisture, like going into putting them to bed and then next spring. And sometimes le- trees don't leaf out fully and they go, what's wrong with, ro-? like, they need the water. Like, if you're not fertilized or not doing anything else, like, the one thing, if you can water, is the biggest thing. It's so essential. And people that have irrigation are so uh, quick to go, oh, yeah. it's going to frost, pull up the irrigation, turn it off, flush it out, yeah. and they forget to water by hand. Well, and a lot of times it- the irrigation is a, it's a false security, too, because... A lot of it doesn't get down deep enough for some of your bigger trees and things like that. You're watering your grass or your shrubs, but some of your bigger trees need that little extra slow, deep watering, get the water down nice and deep into the roots. Oh, you are so right. And last year, I mean, what a wicked winter in the way that, yes, we enjoyed it totally. No snow and cold till February, but then the damage came. Yeah. Then we got huge damage to trees and shrubs and all kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. So the more water people can get on... Yes. Absolutely. All right, Diana. Thank you. Thank you, Merle. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Always great advice. And uh, Diana is down down south. And uh, I think it's uh, Bailey's Sweet Pea Farm. Uh, I probably got it wrong. I apologize. But she's down south and uh, does a terrific job and calls in. And it's great to see her back in the saddle again, feeling great. And we got to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and I got a few texts here. If blue grama grass has been in a planter all summer, how can it be preserved over winter? Can I move it into a flower bed under a spruce tree? Um, not really. Most of those grasses don't do really well under a spruce. Get it into out of around the past the drip line, and and you can use it if you do put anything close or underneath this it does need the extra water so with irrigation or making sure that you've add some extra soil for that spot and ensure it's getting enough light and extra water underneath there otherwise it just won't survive unfortunately that will not work and then again I'm talking about um, fertilizing your trees and shrubs typically after July, we stop. Now we're heading into September. They start going dormant, so now we can apply the fall fertilizers for the most part. Like I'm saying, if it's still vibrant green and that, let's, let's wait for it to start changing colors, starting to lose some of the leaves, and then you can apply the fertilizer, get it into it. Like I was saying, the uh, for the spruce trees, you can do your 30-10-10. For the other ones, the 15-30-15 for your fruit trees, flowering trees. Get the proper nourishment into the ground. So that way, next spring, when it decides to uh, get going again, it will go crazy and have all that food ready to go, and uh, and you'll be good. And it uh, makes all the difference. And I like this one. For aphids, I always blow up yellow rubber gloves, tie it so it doesn't deflate, spray oil on the entire gloves, keep two to three gloves close to my front door, and watch them attack they stick to the gloves the next day, wash the gloves with dish soap, repeat, and you can place even a yellow Frisbee with spray oil in it and repeat. That's a good idea This because they're attracted to the yellow, um, so those yellow stickies. But if you want to create your own and have a maybe a YouTube moment or some sort of thing, you could tape that and see if you can get a bunch of, um, see if you can get a, a rubber glove full of aphids going viral maybe. That would be kind of fun. 
And uh, and that's a good way of, of looking after it. And then just wash it off and away they go. Right now, I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to chat with Geb. Good morning, Jeb. Good morning. How are you? I am. How are you? I'm doing good. Are you going to be in the store today? I, I'm going to pop in there. Yes, after after the store, I'm go after the show. I'm going in for a while. For a while is how, how long is for a while? Well, typically I'm there till one thirty-two or something. Okay, a then later. I come down anyway. But a, a quick question. Yes, sir. A uh, very good friend of mine had a wedding recently, in, yep. actually in July. Yeah. And they bought a uh, a gate kind of a thing, uh, wrought iron or yep. iron and arbor. Where you yeah, where you walk through, and it looked kind of naked. Yeah. And then the last minute, I was lucky to get a couple of climbing roses, pink, which I yeah uh, put the, the pots down first, and then later planted them. Okay. At what time I found out that we have uh, on on that property anyway we have gravel until about Australia I guess. <laughs> but I I dug all that out and and they're doing very well and they're even having now my question somebody told my friends that climbing roses don't do well they don't winter in in Calgary is no, there any truth to that? No no there lots of the we have lots of great climbing roses that do well in Calgary. So what I want to do is I put uh, at the important part, the lower part, put cardboard about it and stick them, fill them with, loosely with leaves. Yep, and then that'll help winter them for sure. That's all I wanted to know. I, I, I come and see you later. Sounds good. Thanks, Jeb. See ya. See you, Jeb. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and 13 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Calgary police are asking for public's assistance to locate a senior who went missing yesterday. 81-year-old Mary Jeffrey was last seen at 11.30 a.m. on Saturday at a residence in the 4700 block of 19th Avenue Northwest. She's described as 5'9 with a slim build and gray shoulder-length hair. Police believe she was wearing a blue cardigan, beige or black pants, and usually carries a red or burgundy purse. A photo of Marie can be found on the City of Calgary newsroom website. She has a medical condition which she requires care for, and police say they are concerned for her welfare. Numerous police resources, including Hawks, were used yesterday in an attempt to locate Marie, but the search proved unsuccessful overnight. Anyone with information about her whereabouts is asked to contact the police non-emergency number. Airdrie RCMP appear to have a murder investigation on their hands. It began around 5 p.m. yesterday with officers called to an incident in the Canals neighborhood on the west side of Airdrie. There they have found a man badly injured outside of a home and he ended up being pronounced dead later. A suspect was quickly arrested at the scene with police saying there appears to be no further threat to the public. There's no word on the names or ages of the deceased male and the suspect in the case. Airdrie RCMP would like to hear from any possible witnesses to the incident with no word on any possible charges at this time. A woman is dead and a man critically injured after a two-vehicle crash near Grand Prairie on Saturday. Emergency crews responded to the collision at Highway 40 near Township Road at 692 at 1 a.m. The pickup truck heading north hit a semi going south. 
A 42-year-old Lethbridge woman who was driving the truck was pronounced dead at the scene. Stars Air Ambulance took the semi-truck driver, a 32-year-old Grand Prairie man, to hospital with life-threatening injuries. The collision forced the closure of Highway 40 south of Grand Prairie near Grovedale for several hours. The cause is under investigation. Northeast Calgary finally has its first city-funded skate park. People using the park, which is just outside the Genesis Centre, say they like the design and the convenient location. Ward 5 Councillor George Shahal says the skate park is actually crucial to the Northeast and to its youth. It provides recreational needs uh, to youth in our community and uh, the Northeast has... Uh, we are severely uh, underfunded when it comes to recreation. The Genesis Centre is uh, bursting at the seams. It's one of the best uh, well-used community hubs in the city. And these type of opportunities will get our youth involved in sports and recreation and provide some health and wellness opportunities. Shahal says it's also a great way for adults to give skateboarding or scootering a try. As Dorian moves towards Newfoundland, the cleanup has begun in the Maritimes. Hundreds of thousands of people are without power in Nova Scotia, many of them in the Halifax area, where the storm brought down countless trees as it slammed ashore last night. Erica Fleck, Halifax's Fire Division Chief for Emergency Management, says thankfully it appears no one was killed. So it's been a very busy 24 hours for the municipality, but I'm very pleased to say that we've had no fatalities throughout. Um, so that is the best news of the day, and, and honestly, that's the best we, we were hoping for. Fleck says four homes had to be evacuated after the storm's hurricane-force winds tore their roofs off. Taking a look at sports, thanks to, thanks to winning the U.S. Open Championship yesterday, Canada's Bianca Andreescu will soon be considered a top five player in the world. Andreescu will reach a career-high number five when at the new WTA rankings are released tomorrow following her U.S. Open victory over legend Serena Williams yesterday. She became the first Canadian to ever win a Grand Slam singles title. Global News Calgary weather, mainly cloudy today with winds blowing north at 20 kilometers per hour and a high of 19 degrees. Tonight, some clouds rolling in for a low of 10 degrees. And tomorrow is the first day of a stretch of some rainy weather in Alberta. In Calgary, you can expect about 5 millimeters of rain with lots of cloud and a high of just 12 degrees. It's 13 degrees at 10.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And right now we're going to go to Michelle. And Michelle is calling us from the Calgary Hort Society as it's uh, they're getting into the courses and all that other kind of fun stuff going on. So good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you. Enjoying the misty morning in the garden. Yeah, it is a little bit misty out there, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, perfect gardening weather. Mm-hmm. So uh, what, what are you doing out in the gardening right now? What's going, what do you, any tips of what people should maybe be doing or? Well, I'm checking the seed heads, but it seems like they're a little bit later this year in terms of collecting. But other than that, I'm just enjoying and hope, crossing my fingers that uh, the cold doesn't come too soon and knock out all the rest of the tomatoes on the vine. Yeah, no, and hopefully we get some gorgeous fall color. We got our turkey stands and our trees and our buckeyes and all that. It's nice when we get the good fall, if we get the nice autumn where we can get those beautiful colors that we can enjoy. Yeah, definitely. So I, I was chatting with Cass Smythe a bit and she was just uh, asking and saying, hey, Michelle would be a great person to come on the show and talk about some of the programs. And uh, so... 
you have the Master Gardener program starting up, so maybe tell us a little bit about that. So yeah, the Master Gardener program really is a broad-based, comprehensive look at gardening for anyone who's just a plant nerd or a self-proclaimed wannabe plant nerd, and um, they really want to help both educate themselves so that they can educate others. So it's really meant to be a volunteer kind of driven program. Um, There's programs all across North America, and depending on who you believe, there's 60 to 95,000 master gardeners across the continent. And they know they've been labeled good, bad. Sometimes they, some people come out and they think they are a full-fledged horticulturist. And, and really you're not. You're, you're coming out with a lots of good knowledge, but it's, it's also understanding what, what you're coming out with. Yeah, of course. So I talked to a lot of master gardeners when I started running the program. And the big message that I kept hearing was that it's really the start of a learning journey. So Absolutely. It's creating some foundations to build upon. And then you use your network that you've created and the people that you meet during the course to really keep building and keep learning. And it's a lifelong journey. Absolutely. And yeah, you don't end knowing everything. Yeah, no, no. It's the trigger to see if you have that interest really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So some people take it and then go on to take some horticulturalist training. Yeah, absolutely. Some people just take it so that they can really work in some of the public gardens and have a little more confidence to do so or have confidence to talk to their neighbors and teach them about other things. We had a student this year, she learned about the yellow flag iris, which is an invasive plant in her course. And then she went and helped a neighbor remove it and replace it with something that's just better for our environment. Absolutely. So, so when is the, when are the classes offered? So our next set of classes starts October 30th and runs into April. And then the students do a volunteer practicum after that. Okay, um, and so and where do you sign up? Just that, like, a, is that through the Hort Society? It is through the Hort Society. So okay. people can either go on the website calhort.org or call us. And what kind of? Uh, how much does it cost to join? It's eleven hundred and fifty for the whole course. Okay, students can choose to pay for part A first, and then pay for part B later. And they can choose also to do part A and part B in separate years if they can't make that commitment. But you're also, so how often, like what kind of commitment? Is it a weekly class or is it if I sign up at the, like in October there, what, what are my commitments? Yeah, so we have weekly classes. Part A is nine classes and then we have a two-week break and then part B is 11 classes and then there, there's that volunteer component that we talked about. Okay. Uh, the classes run this year during the day. It's Wednesdays, 9.30 to 2. So it was meant so parents could do it while their kids are at school. Yep. But if people can't do it this year on a Wednesday, we will run it next year on Saturdays. Okay, yeah, for some people that are working full time and things like that as well. Yeah, um, that's that's awesome. And what and you get to keep all the literature, and there's probably some um, stuff that you get with that. Like it's not eleven hundred mm-hmm. bucks, and but you're also going to take home some some yeah, you resources. Quite a bit. So there is a note package that actually was developed when the course started at the zoo in 1998 and has been improved upon and built upon since then. So that's quite um, a hefty resource material. But then each instructor, so our instructors are horticulturalists, industry professionals, or master gardeners, they'll have their own presentation and most of them are gracious enough to share their presentation with the students as well. So there's all those resources. And then finally students do assignments and sometimes those are even swapped within the class. So that builds the final pool of resources. Okay, yeah. So, so when you leave that, you do have a wealth of knowledge, mm-hmm. and a lot of it. And I like it because it's, um, it's from our area, which it, there isn't a lot of really good. There is some very good books and things for our area, but 
in Calgary in general is a is a different place to garden than other places. Yeah, definitely. And you know that even the north end of Calgary is way different oh. than the south end of Calgary. Yep. So really getting to meet gardeners and some of our volunteers are from all different areas and talking microclimates and talking how do you adjust to your specific garden um, and dealing with that as well as adjusting with our challenges of hail and Chinooks and um, alkaline soils and all the things that we have to deal with. So yeah. definitely it's it's really localized. We talk about local plants. Students work with their own garden as a model and we do some of the soil and, building and in where their are you garden. doing the course so right this year we're doing it at living spirit united church which is essentially elbow and 50th avenue okay so good central location from all parts mm-hmm. of calgary some south to north or whatever so you're yeah you're set that way which is perfect mm-hmm. all right is there any any highlights or anything or that you'd want to say that uh, people are going to get out of it when they mm-hmm. well i think I think really the community of learners is great. So one student said, you know, I didn't know there were people like me out there who really love this. <laughs> so, you know, your spouse thinks you may be a little bit garden crazy. This would be a great course for you to meet other people who are a bit garden crazy. And I, um, I, I hope and I hope you get a lot of people because I know the younger generation has really jumped on the plant band, bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think hopefully you'll see that come into the learning phase. I know we're seeing a yeah. lot of... Um, young people, which is, it's so great to see that they're coming into the garden centers, they're buying houseplants, they're buying veggies, they're, they want to learn how to grow, right? Like, it, it's yeah. awesome. Well, really, with the issues of food security and all those things out there, even knowing how to grow, even if you don't always use it, it's such a good tool. Oh, absolutely. Well, right? once you and- taste... You're, and it is quite easy, but once you taste your first homegrown radish or your tomato, it, it, it kicks in a bug. Like it is like, holy cow, mm-hmm. that, that radish actually has a lot of flavor. It's awesome. <laughs> like, of course. And I have a three-year-old and he will not eat veggies that are not from the garden or from really freshly gone. <laughs> <laughs> he knows the difference already, garden. eh? He knows the difference. So, you know, you want your kids to eat those veggies. You, you, a veggie, you created a veggie snob already. Yeah, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Which isn't but a bad even, thing. Yeah, but even just cool projects. So one student, she actually helped design a community garden. So how cool is it to get your name on something that you've created? Because we did a design project on a community garden in the course, and then she went and applied that. And we had another student who gathered community members, gathered resources that were going to be chucked in the dumpster, and built a community compost system. Because despite the city compost, honestly, the best quality stuff is still stuff we can make at home. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that, uh, they can get all the information on the calhort.org website? Yep. Or call the office or pop down by? call the office, yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming in. I appreciate the, your time and, uh, and information, and hopefully we get some people becoming more master gardeners out there, spreading the, spreading the word. Yeah, spreading the garden love. Awesome. Thanks, thank Michelle. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Good job. All right. Yeah, thanks for Michelle and all the folks down at the Calgary Hort Society. It's a great little uh, group of people down there that uh, are spreading the love, and like she said, it's, it's, it's neat when you start talking with plant people. Um, no matter what you are, you seem to have a, a lot of common common interests. So I know we get uh, we're fortunate enough at Spruce, and the, um, we deal with a lot of new communities, new homeowners, old homeowners. So it, it, it's very interesting. Lots of prof- like pro gardeners coming in, and lots of newbies that have never done anything ever, and they come in and uh, looking for advice. So it's it's a great it's a great thing. But right now, I got a little bit of time. I'm going to go to Jeff. 
Good morning, Jeff. Hey, how are you? Good. You got a, an apple tree. Yeah. Um, the last two years, my apple tree, it's a Norland variety apple. Yeah. Um, gone completely downhill. And uh, by the time the spring came around this way, it was better than last year's grass. Okay. Uh, I'm wondering if was there a, a fungus, a virus, or other people having issues with their apple trees in Calgary this year? I actually just cut it down the other day after, or maybe old age. It's 20 years old. Yeah, um, typically they're not old. Um, they won't really die of old age. Um, so yours was pretty old. It was twenty twenty one years old. Wow! And uh, this this spring, when the leaves started should have come out, it literally had zero leaves on it all year. It, it was dead. Um, would you say you would be looking after it really well through most of the previous seasons? Or oh yeah, I, I uh, made sure it got water. Uh, it was in my backyard. I harvested apples off of it. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, to look after it. Okay, no, it, it's it's unusual unless it got like a fire plate, but, but usually you would see it like, so the previous year when it had leaves, did you see a big decline or curling black leaves? Like, did it start going brown or anything? Or I saw, I saw a big decline in the yield of the apples. Yeah. So in, in two years, it went from uh, prolific to dead as a doorknob. Huh. That's, uh, it definitely is a little bit um, um weird are very unusual as well because apple trees usually have a fairly good life especially if they're being watered um usually you'll see a bit of a decline or you'll see part of the tree die off because they'll get blight or some bark damage on one side then they'll decline on half the tree or something but for the whole tree to go um yeah it's i'm to be honest i'm kind of stumped a little bit jeff i'm kind of Wondering, like, um, did somebody sp- did spray something or it gotten? Like, it's just it's it's just odd that it would just go. But sometimes it does happen. Um, sometimes winter desiccation on our like if if it didn't get enough water going into winter, and it just sort of freeze dried. I know last winter we had a lot of um, trees just freeze dried. Yeah, that's we, what I was wondering. We've had two really cool Februarys yeah. in a row. Yeah, and if it did go to, if it didn't get quite enough water going into fall, and then it's sitting out there without enough water in the ground, and then we did get that minus forty that we had, like it was really cold, and we did see some trees just get freeze dried. I know even the zoo, because um, we did a big project just outside the panda display this year, um, built a big patio for them, and and I walked around with Corian. And she was showing me, there was a couple of the big pear trees that they had just outside the butterfly arboretum there. And it just, same thing, just freeze-dried. So that would be my only explanation to that. And and a lot of it was the fruit trees that would do it because they were, they're a harder wood. And then they're the ones that suffer the most, typically like your maples, your oaks, your apples, pears, things like that are a harder wood. And they're more susceptible to that freeze-drying. So I'm looking to replace it with another fruit-bearing tree, um, apple, maybe, depending yeah. on your advice. What, uh, what, yeah. what variety of apples should I get for Calgary? And if not apple, what fruit tree would you We have, have some great apple trees actually in stock right now, and they are all on sale right now. So you sort of buy one, get one 50% off. But there's some great hardy Max. We do have a combo apple that has three or four different kinds. It gets a lot of apples on it. Like they were loaded up. Um, we do, what else do we have? I think we have, we have Norlands. We have, um, just trying to remember. I'm sort of trying to grow stumped here right now, but we have about eight varieties in stock right now. And anything that we bring in are good for our climate. 
and are hardy, and they all come with a two-year warranty. So if you if you want to pop down, have a look around the tree lot, um, and then one of the people down there will be able to steer you in the right direction. And how many more weeks do I have to plant it? Um, sooner the better. I like to get them in, obviously, selection, because um, in sales, the selection drops as well. We start selling them, and we're not bringing a lot of stuff in anymore. We're getting close to the end of the season. And with your fruit trees and that, same thing. You want to get them in as early as you can, get them rooted, and then watered in for fall. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. All right. And it's just time to take a break again. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Prune It Up, Calgary's trusted, locally owned tree service company. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, speaking of pruning, we're going to go to, actually, actually, I will go there. I'll go to Marge first. Marg. Good morning, Marg. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? I have a couple of questions. Okay. Um, I have a tea rose okay. that lives in a pot, okay. and I put it on the deck every summer and put it back in the heated garage um, every winter. Yep. I think it needs new soil, and it probably needs to be pruned because it only had maybe half a dozen blooms on it. Yeah. When is the best time to do that? Well, after you let it go dormant this year. Um, and then you put it into the garage there. Um, this I would do it next spring. Like, okay. So pop, pop it out of the old pot next spring, knock some of the soil off, put it into a nice new pot, get some really good nice soil for it, and uh, and you can prune it back at that time. And the le- it'll tell you where to prune it because it'll die back to certain spots as well. Right. And uh, and then make sure you're fertilizing too. Roses are actually fairly heavy feeders yes, and they do I like do. that 15 30 15 something like yeah, that. Yeah, and I give it rage plus. Oh, perfect. You know, a couple of times a month yeah. type thing. Yeah, but they do need the soil. So you'll you'll just need to get into a nice good sized pot, something that's manageable for you and then you should be good to go. Oh, good. The other question, is there a fertilizer or something that I can do to my sour cherries, like my Evans and Crimson. And yeah, those actually types. the same fertilizer, like the 153015 is, okay. is a great one for, like your flowering for roots and for flowering is the same one you want to use to produce fruit. Okay, and is there anything I can do to make them bear bigger fruit? Um, that's it, fertilizer and, and water when they're, like when there's this when they're starting to fruit like like uh um Diana was saying like trying to push the pea pods on her sweet peas right they need the moisture so when they're getting into the fruiting stage just ensuring that they get enough water cuz typically we're heading into our dry season right and so they do need the extra water into the ground just some slow deep watering um, don't don't overwater a cherry because then also your fruit will split on you and won't be great. But oh. just but make sure it gets enough water just to ensure it'll fulfill. And if you're fertilizing it regularly, you're going to have a lot more fruit because it. If uh, trees are very smart, like our plants, if there's not enough food or water, they, they shut down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like they know. Okay, I only have yeah. so much energy to push out this much fruit. But if okay. it's been fertilized and watered properly, it can say, Hey, I can give. 
way more, right? I can oh, okay. I can give Marg all kinds of cherries now. So <laughs> I'm not sure I want more. I just want the bigger. <laughs> yeah, no, and that's it. Like, and what you can do, you can thin them out. You can pick off some of them too, so more of the energy goes into fewer. Okay, right, like when they're just set. Yes. Okay. Yeah, just you can remove some, and then that will ensure the larger ones go there. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank all right. you. Bye bye. All right, and where are we at for time? I need to take a break, Brian. Yes, I do. Do I take a break or no? No? Okay, I'm good till the end. All right, let's go to Diana. Good morning, Diana. Good morning. Sorry to bug you again there. No worries. I do appreciate you taking the call. Um, I've missed a few shows, so I'm glad you did mention the passing of Anne Vale. Yeah, we had someone call in and mentioned um, that... Uh, and she she was a, a legend or a, one of the starters in the horticulture industry here in southern Alberta. So she was, and she was a great great teacher. While we're talking about mentors and people that really could teach, and I mean she could grow the rarest alpines and rarest primulas, and nobody's ever been able to do that again. Well, you know, I mean, without people like that and and passing on like you and. And I'll even put myself in there. We 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 love we love to pass on, and this shows about that. People call in and and share their knowledge, which is awesome. That's it. That's it. So we're sort of missing somebody. You know, I mean, absolutely. You know, yes. I'm glad you mentioned it, and yep. um, definitely, I worked for her for years and years, and she was very tough. She was tough as nails. Boy, you got the name of a little rare plant wrong. She gave she, it to you. She'd let you know. And and I, I did, in your greenhouse is Bailey Hill, right? It's or, Bailey Hill. Yes. yes. Okay. No, I thought so. Okay. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Thanks, Mom. Diana. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a few texts. Good morning. Our fir tree and apple tree have this on their branches. Both are healthy. And what it is, it's just moss. Um, typically growing on it um, with a little bit of extra moisture we have. And as your trees get larger, um, you're going to get that on some of them. And especially, it's probably on the, as they say, probably more on the shadier side, the north side of the tree. Um, Typically, you should have no issues with that. Um, If you do want, you can always get your uni nozzle out and you can wash it off with that if if it is bothering you. But for the most part, it shouldn't bother the tree at all. So you should be good to go. And my my neighbors stop at my handicap sign on the sidewalk. Allow, oh, 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 what can I use to deter the dogs? I've replaced the lawn twice. Um, they're peeing on the lawn. Uh, that's a tough one to deter the dogs. Um, what you can do is we do have our dog spot prevent. Um, you can place that on your lawn three times a year along with our green up fertilizer and it will stop um, the dog spots. Um, but that is a, it's a tough one depending on how many dogs are coming in that area. So yeah, sorry about that one or maybe maybe talk to them a little bit and see if they'll um, t- do alternate stops for their dogs. <laughs> All right, I gotta take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Haze and 14 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10.30. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Calgary police are asking for public assistance to locate a senior who went missing yesterday. 81-year-old Marie Jeffrey was last seen at 11.30 a.m. yesterday at her residence in the 4700 block of 19th Avenue Northwest. You can see a picture of her on the City of Calgary newsroom website. 
Airdrie RCMP continued to investigate an apparent murder in the city's west side yesterday. A 57-year-old man was pronounced dead at the scene, and soon after, police arrested one suspect. A massive cleanup is underway in the Maritimes after Dorian brought hurricane-force winds driving rains. Halifax appears to have sustained much of the damage. Global News Calgary weather, cloudy and 19 degrees today. Tonight, cloudy for a low of 10 degrees and tomorrow, showers and a high of 12. It's 14 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Ryan O'Donnell. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I got a quick text here. How do I help my mandevilla vines survive indoors over winter to be put outside next spring? Also, I have a small hibiscus tree that has lost all its leaves but is still blooming. Um, that is fairly common with hibiscus. They go through a, sometimes a shedding process. I know we had all of them. We got a whole bunch in, and I know all the other garden centers went through the same thing. We got All of us got a shipment from one of our suppliers, and we got them in, and then they all seemed to lose their leaves but then they all came back and they were in full bud. Um, basically what we did is we, we transplanted it at that time, so your hibiscus put it into a larger pot, some nice new soil, and then just start watering it like a regular house plant, let it dry out in between waterings. Um, they do like the fertilizer 30-10-10. And same with your mandevilla, it'll like that same type of fertilizer as well. Um, so that should should definitely help you out. And I seen some earlier questions that I think I missed. Actually, no, I didn't. I thought uh, that I think there were just extra ones from the same person from a previous. And I did get one. Can a dogwood and nine bark be shaped now, or do I wait? Actually, they nine barks are great. They're a great hedge as well. So that's one that I would use um, for your nine barks and your dogwoods, things like that. Um, Nine barks make great hedges. They love to be shaped. They can be cut back. Um, and you can get them in yellow, burgundy, dark purple, light purple. So they're they're a great shrub for our area. And they they will get a bit of aphids now and then. But for really for the most part, they're a pretty bulletproof shrub. So it would be one of my... And I love the Autumn Jubilee. It uh, It's a lighter purple, almost orangey, great fall color. And I love that it can be used as a hedge, and it probably grows twice as fast as the Cotoneaster. So if you're looking for that six, seven-foot hedge, it can be that, or it could be that three to four-foot hedge as well. So um, I wouldn't be afraid to, to use that one on my thing as well if you're looking for a hedge. And then Dwight sent me his harvest from three plants. He's uh, growing some cannabis. And it looks like his garage is full of, of uh, cannabis there off his three plants, like... Holy cow, he has a, a great harvest on on his hands there. But right now, where am I at? I'm going to go to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have, um, I'm moving the garden okay. from the front to the back, and I've got, um, I've got some lupins and a couple other perennials in the front garden now. Uh, and I, I really want to change that garden out and move the plants around. And I don't know if it's the time of year now to do that or if I should wait till the spring? Um, you, you can do it now. I'd let them go dorm a bit, a bit more, like make sure they're sort of dying right back before you move them. Okay. Um, that way the energy is going back into the root system, back into the bulb. Um, and then, so just dig your hole in your new spot, dig them up, try and keep as much um, clump as possible. If that Around makes sense. Around the root. Yeah. And then just really, you just pick up a big ball, move it into the new spot, put it in. Um, 
And at that time, you could use Rage Plus as a great one. If you use the Mike's product around the roots, would be good as well. Rub uh, rub some of that Mike's all over the root system. That would be great as well. Okay, great. Yeah, now we're fall. Like if you're moving to bed, you you got to do it. So, um, for the most part, if you get good a good size root ball, you'll be fine with your perennials. Oh, that's great, and they're they're pretty healthy, in fact. So I'm not too worried about yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's great. And then just ensure that uh, once they get in, they go a little bit more dormant. Make sure they get watered in really good. And I would put a a mulch or some sort of. I really like using that the hemp sense product in with my soil. I mix it in with the existing soil, one third of the hemp product. Because okay. it, it really helps hold moisture, and it and it it's really it's a great soil amendment. And uh, again, I just like it because it's a renewable resource. It's something that's grown in Canada. We're not taking the peat bogs out either, because a lot of the soil companies are having to go all the way into Russia, way up north now, because it's harder to get uh, the licenses and and there's not as many peat bogs left in in Alberta. So they're okay. having to go further and further north, taking out the peat bogs. So it's just nice to have this hemp product, and it's uh, 100% renewable. And so we're creating the economy, and it's Canadian. So, well, that's great. Do you guys carry it at your at yes, your we store? do. Yes, we do. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Good to know. Thanks, Joe. All right, thank you very much. Bye bye. Bye. All right, and where are we at? We're going to go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? How can you help me? What is that fertilizer I can use in my garden? Because. I'm not up to putting a whole bunch of new dirt in it. Yeah, um, there's a fertilizer you can use is the is the groundskeeper's pride. It's a great soil fertilizer for veggies and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the numbers I believe are eight four five. But the groundskeeper's pride is a great one. I I and I'm a bigger advocate of it now. I used it in our global garden in our veggie garden. Oh yeah. I mixed it in the soil before we planted our seeds and before we transplanted the so or the plants into it. And it was awesome. Like it it just did. I had really nice roots, veggies. I had What great... time do you and Leslie go out? Um we were usually out there at 8 8 o'clock to 8:15 oh, somewhere in there. I always miss you. Yeah, if if you are on Facebook, Instagram, typically no, 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 I don't do that. Stuff. Okay, but we're yeah, usually on between eight and eight thirty, sort of. They have a, we have a little time slot in there, so. So if we come down there, we can get the ground keep ground pride. keeper pride. Absolutely, that'll do it. Absolutely, and spread it with a yeah, fertilizer uh, spreader. <laughs> no, well, you can just even just spread it on top and just rake it in. Oh, is yeah. fine, or or a fertilizer spreader over top is great. Um, okay. And just just around all your perennials, or or is this in a veggie bed, or it's is, just in a whole garden? Yeah, you just want to add some nutrients to it. Uh huh. Yep. Also, you can use our lawn fertilizer. It's great for that too. Like if you have a larger area and you want a bigger bag, you can use that. It's a slow release. Oh and really? So do your grass and do the the fertile and do your beds at the same time because it has the it's a well balanced fertilizer like the sixteen thirty two six. So it has um, great for the root system for all your plants. And enough for the flowering, but it also has some nitrogen in there for growth as well. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Amazing yep. fertilizer. There you go. I have questions about rose bushes, but I'll wait. Okay. Are you <laughs> sure? You can go ahead if you like. Well, I have a climbing rose. Should I be cutting the suckers off or what? Um, Not really. Like no. right now. Just keep you, tying it up? Yeah. 
It, but if you do want to thin it, like keep it, if it's getting wonky on you, absolutely. You can take a third off it like every early spring. Oh, at winter kill last winter, it was way up on the deck here and it just Dog down right to back. the ground. Oh, right down to the ground. Eh? Yeah, so come the, back. Yeah, so this year, if you want to take some of it off now just to thicken it up for next spring, and but I just don't like doing too much pruning in the winter in the winter time or fall because, again, it protects the winter kill. I'd rather happen on the upper part. If you take it all away, then it's going to go after the lower part as well. Oh, gotcha. Know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Thanks, Joyce. Thanks, Merrill. Bye bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, though. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770 if you're from out of town. Those are the talk and text lines. And uh, I haven't got a lot of pictures of uh, any fall color yet, so what's going on, you guys? Eh? I got lots of pictures of trees and shrubs and all that other fun stuff. But uh, anyways, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Yeah, I'm not sure what they'd be doing now. Is it vaping in the... Yeah, vaping in the boys' room, or uh, and uh, away they go. That's uh, that vaping is a different thing. I wouldn't. Uh, I've never tried it, nor do I want to. Or I encourage my kids not to try it. Some of the stuff that's going on with that, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit different. You're not too sure how the how the chemical works. So hopefully they figure that out and uh, and make sure it's a little safer for everybody who do want to do it. The other thing I did that was close. I guess some of that when I was in Turkey. Um, we did, went to a hookah bar and, uh, we were puffing on the hookah pipes, um, which was kind of fun. Did that with our CFO, Mr. David Blom. So that was lots of, lots of fun. Him and I in, in Turkey having a, having a hookah bar experience <laughs> puffing away. So lots of fun. Lots of fun. Let's go all the way up to Roberta in Crossfield. Good morning, Roberta. Good morning. I uh, want to tell you how good your information was on how to cut down my lilacs in the wintertime. Yes. I cut them right down. Then we fertilized them this spring, and they came up gorgeous. They're about three feet tall. Yeah. But you told me that they wouldn't bloom till next spring. And they did. They're all in bud right now. Oh, wow. Awesome. So I don't know if frost will get the buds or not. Hmm. But they're all in bud right now. Well, that's... Yeah. That's a good sign. And I'm glad you called because I do get a lot of people that when I do say that, they get scared and you get out there and you're looking at it and you think, ooh, what do you, he means cut it right off. And Right. Yeah. No, we did. There were only about three inches left. Yeah. We did it at Christmas when it was about 10 below. Yeah. Yeah. So they're gorgeous right now. Yeah, I know because you get all that good energy going into all new growth instead right. of the old growth trying to sustain that old wood. Eh? Wouldn't it be nice if we could do that to our joints? You know, you just oh, take, right. off, a, take right. off a knee and just let it grow yeah. a new one. And... and these are the little Korean ones, but they're quite big. Oh, perfect. The small ones, but they're good. Anyway, and you answered my question earlier about the nine barks. Yeah. But I want to ask you a question about spring. One of my neighbors here has, I don't know if they're called trailing petunias, climbing petunias. I yep. don't know what they're called. They're about four feet tall, and they're loaded with blossoms. 
Yeah, it's probably, there's lots of the trailing. There is a climbing one, which would be similar to the same. They pull up a trellis, they go up or down. Right. Um, But there's the Vista, um, the Wave Petunias, which we carry. We carry three of the varieties and then the Super Tunias. Okay. And and those are fabulous because you get color like almost from as soon as they get growing a bit oh these are gorgeous yeah and they're well leafed out all over like they're big yeah no and the biggest thing with them is ensuring that they're fertilized and they don't dry out too often right just, right so you're uh, carrying them probably you'll have them in the spring then absolutely yeah we love them okay yeah we absolutely love them so good thank you good right. program thank you so much i bye appreciate bye. it bye-bye yeah, it's always uh, it's always a little bit nerve wracking sometimes when you look at your trees and shrubs and and somebody like me is telling you, oh, I cut them off right at, right down to the ground. And but again, I was going down Elbow Drive yesterday. We we're going to a to a job site, and uh, and Joanna was in the other truck ahead of me, and and there was a guy pruning his um, Catonia aster hedge. It was half dead, but he was only taking it to like six or to three feet high, and. It, it, the whole bottom half is that you're just you're not going to really accomplish anything. All that scale, everything's still there. You got to take it right down to the ground, let it start fresh, and it's just called rejuvenation. And it's just something that needs to happen every so often. And uh, and your trees and shrubs and well, you're not mo- not tree, but some tree, but most like your shrubs and that will will thank you for doing that for them. And uh, it just rejuvenate. And let's go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Oh, hello again. Hi. <laughs> I'm being a bit of a hog because I haven't talked to you for a while. Okay, no worries. Hey, so so I have a question about the snake plant, but yep. that's an indoor thing. But, like, let's just do some teaching here again. Um, pe- peonies at this time of the year. Do you take the seed pods off or not? Um, some people don't. I like to leave most of my stuff on. Um, some people cut them off and, and just leave the foliage, which you can do. I, I'm a fairly big advocate of, of using your peonies as cut flowers too. So I like to always cutting a bunch of them off and using them in the house and stuff like that and leaving a few on there. But I, I do like leaving a lot of the energy, a lot of the plant on the, on the tree, it's shrub or perennial itself and let it die back naturally. Let all that energy go back into the root. And when it falls over itself, it protects itself. So... Okay. That's the, and, and see, there's different, and a lot of the, the information we get is typically from BC or England. We read a lot of gardening knowledge from over there. Where things grow naturally. Yeah, <laughs> but their winters just aren't as cold, so they do cut them back. They make them nice and neat and tidy. Yeah. I'm a bit of a, I like to say we can procrastinate going into fall. We can fertilize, amend our soil now, which is great because yep. it, it builds it up, protects it. And that's our biggest thing. Like we've had some nasty winters, like just dry and cold, cold, cold. So yep. it's um, the more we can do somewhat in the fall will benefit us a ton later on. So, Well, and there's that concept of, of, of winter interest, right? It adds, you're not just bare. <laughs> or, uh, or, you know. Absolutely. And, yep. and that's when there's some great ones for that. Like the Carl Forrester grass is a beautiful plant for winter interest. Doing clumps of those, like three, three, three in certain parts of the yard, you get those gorgeous golden blooms or plumes um, for wintertime. They're gorgeous. And they just, they, they're, they don't, they're not invasive. Like they stay tight. They're, They're a great plant. Yes. So. Okay. Well, yeah, because the, the the jury's out on that, and I have cut mine, but I have a friend who doesn't cut his, and it's like, 
okay, yours look great too. Yeah, <laughs> no, great, and I think they'll do either way. So, yeah. Um, but we and you're talking about snake plants on the inside. Yeah. Uh, we got some neat ones. We got the whale tail and shark fin sense of areas in as well. Okay, we, but we, I have a really really old one. Yeah. That um, was really tall and and extremely root bound, and so we <laughs> kind of took it out and and macheted it into a three things and so they're so tall and heavy right mm-hmm. and so now some of them are dying out like what do i like i've so i've got what do i do with it like i've got two of them out of three so what do i do with that um if the if the third one isn't doing well i i would just pull it out like and you can pull the whole like when you want to split them up you can pull them right out of the pot and almost cut them like cut through them and transplant each third into their own pot yeah, so I did that probably two years ago, yeah. and so now I've still got, so I've got some new growth coming out, and then I've got these old ones that are, God knows how old they are, and they're healthy, yeah. they're nice and strong and they're healthy, but it, it's, they're, they're, they're cumbersome, right? And then they poke you in the eye when you try. Yeah, them. that's really the only thing you do is, is split them up, right? They're not one, they're not, they're not, you can't really prune them, right? Like they're. Like they grow in those big clumps, right? So it's yeah. either you break so them apart. Yeah, just keep dividing it, yeah, right? Is that's that what it. you're saying? That's it. Yeah, okay. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. And I got a text from Tracy. She goes, I bought this basket. What flower is this, and can I save it in any way for next year? What you have there is a fuchsia. They can be saved. Um, um, you can bring them inside. Um, you just really got to watch... Um, spider mites, aphids, and white flies tend to love um, fuchsia. So before you bring it inside, I would look at transplanting it into another pot, and I'd cut it back about a third off the top, and I would then I'd give it a quick shot of pure spray green on the foliage, and then and then bring it inside after that. Um, but yeah, they're gorgeous, and you can just take cuttings from them as well if you just want to start new ones. Fuchsias are really quite easy to start cuttings. Um, they're e- fairly easy to propagate, so by all means, um, give that a try. And where I'm at, actually, i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on News Talk 770, or not News Talk, 770 CHQR. <laughs> There's the classic back-to-school tune from uh, back in the day, a little bit old uh, Pink Floyd. I remember going to see that movie at North Hill Mall way back when. And uh, right now I'm going to go to Jolaine. Good morning, Jolaine. Yes, good morning. How can I help you? Um, I have a huge, I'm not sure if it's a juniper or a cedar. Is it green or more of a bluish? It's bluish and flat. Okay, then that would be a more of a juniper. Juniper, and it is huge, like it's 15 feet across, okay. and it's beautiful, but there's weeds coming in underneath. Um, mainly, there's a lot of um, sweet violets. I mean, they just they're just all over underneath. Is there any pesticide or anything well, I can a, spray on? Yeah, that? as long as you're not spraying the, the juniper itself, like you could use like a Kill-X, like a broadleaf herbicide. And what I do is sometimes get a pipe or some sort of a round cylinder of some stuff and put it over top of the weed and then just spray down into it. And that way you're only spraying the weed. Oh, but there's so many. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah, just, then if that's the case, then you can just spray the whole area. Just make sure you're not, if you just don't get it on the juniper and stuff. Other but, than that, it's sweat equity getting in there and digging them out. But it's hard not to. The juniper is only yeah. maybe six inches tall. Um, yeah. But it, spreading out and underneath. You can, if you have some, if you get a rubber glove and then have a cloth glove. Oh, okay. And then you put, you soak the glove into the into the herbicide and then you rub then, it all over the hand when it's close to the shrub like that. Oh, okay. Um, that will work. Or are you just getting in there at that point just pulling it out? Yeah, um, that's use, what I've been doing. And then but... maybe use bark mulch. I put a good thick layer of bark mulch underneath there. Oh, okay. And that will suffocate the weeds. Oh, okay. All righty. And also, could I just mention my solution for slugs um, around the hostas is oatmeal. Okay. You sprinkle oatmeal around, and it works. Oh, really? It really works. Really? What do they eat it and expand? Or they what? eat it, and then they bloat, and it kills them. Huh? And it works. This is the first year I tried it, and it's just it worked right away. So. Oh wow! All right. Thought I'd pass that on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jolene. Bye bye. Bye bye. And I might have time for which one? Can I do quick? Uh, maybe we'll just do John at the top. Good morning, John. Good morning. I planted a bunch of sunflower seeds and yep. I've got five, six foot stalks but no flowers. Okay. Um, it's probably how late did you plant them? Oh, May. Yeah, no, you should be good. It just depends if it's getting enough heat. It's just, I noticed, I'm just seeing them around town. They're just starting to set their heads now. So hopefully you get some sun and enough heat that you'll uh, you'll get to the point where you get to see the flowers before the frost. Are they a perennial or an annual? They're an annual. But a lot of times they reseed themselves. If they get to the seed stage and they drop the seeds, they'll reseed themselves. But no, they're strictly, unless you have one, like there's a couple perennial varieties, but they're really, they're quite a bit shorter. They're only two or three feet high. Oh, no. Yeah. But the, if you want the big sunflowers, those are ones you seed every year. And can I prune my 30-year-old uh, lilac? Absolutely. Yeah. Take it down quite a bit? Yeah. No, if there's lots of deadwood, you can take it right down to the ground. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks. Bye-bye. And everybody else on the line, if you want, if you do want me to chat, I can just chat after the show. Um, I'll just take you over the phone, so Jack and Marie. And uh, anyways, thanks for listening, and, and thanks for Brian for the back-to-school tunes. It was great. And uh, until next week, uh, have a great week, and we'll talk to you then. You've been listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.